Everyone, welcome into another episode of the Spoiler Alert Podcast. Dylan and Ty here, and we're excited about this uh, episode here. We both saw Guardians of the Galaxy 3 this past weekend. Ty saw it. uh, Day it came out Thursday, early showing. He was already in there. Knew everything that was going to happen before (laughs) I even stepped foot into uh, my car to go to the theater. I knew uh, you were going to like it off rip. I just knew it after I saw it, I knew you would like it, so... That was exciting. Yeah, so, you know, we'll start off there. We both liked it. (laughs) But uh, this episode, we will be giving a full review for the movie, both spoiler lists and with spoilers. Um, Not too many movies coming out, but the ones that are coming out, you know, we were kind of just talking. They have some interest from us. Uh, So let's just kick it off there. Uh, The first one that's coming out, uh, zero interest uh, from my side, Ty. I don't know. Maybe maybe you like it. I don't know. (laughs) Absolute zero. Yeah. So it is book club. The next chapter Uh, that follows the journey of four best friends as they take their book club to Italy for a fun girl's trip they never had. And apparently this is a sequel of a movie I'd never heard of. Also called book club. I uh, I figured it was a sequel to 80 for Brady. That's what it feels like. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like most of the same people. Exactly. I was like, what the hell? So it's just another old lady movie. You know, get your grandma to the theater. Yeah. Uh, in the first one, they read Fifty Shades of Grey. So I'm sure there was like a whole uh, scenes of them like really enjoying the book or something. Oh, just my gosh. To, fired up old ladies. Yeah. Get bros. them them gills up in there. Jeez, oh, man. <laughs> These ladies are all like 75 at least. And yeah, they're just like. The, they're still putting out movies. The one is uh, she's the mom from Step Brothers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then Jane Fonda is just timeless. She's in everything. She really is in everything. She's ancient at this point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> pumping out movies while they can get some money for the grandchildren. Dad, can't blame them for that, honestly. Yeah, good for that, I, and I mean, you get to go to Italy to make the movie. I think we know why they're doing the movie. Yeah, trip. it's just it's like these these ladies must be like the Sandler, like one of them's the Sandler, and she's like, "Hey, let's go make a let's go make that an old lady fair. book club movie in in Italy. Let's go yeah. to Italy for a month." I, if I had to guess, it's probably Jane Fonda because she's the one in all of them. Yeah, gotta uh, be. But yeah, no chance we're seeing nor reviewing that. Go take your grandma to see it; she might like it. But, yeah, I mean, you know, sit there. Yeah, there's just no interest whatsoever. They couldn't pay me to. Eh. No, yeah, never. No, they couldn't pay me to sit in the theater and watch this. <laughs> they, all right, Ty, you got to make a choice. This or 80 for Brady? 80 for Brady, because at least there's football. Exactly. I, I'm with you there. That's, that's, that's the, it's got to be the choice. Next movie here, I'm, I'm actually really excited about it. I don't know a ton about it, but there's so many people in this movie. Fool's Paradise, a fool for love becomes an accidental celebrity only to lose it all. This has everyone in it. The biggest star is Charlie Day, of course, from Always Sunny. Um, he is starring in it. He wrote it and he directed it. I just saw uh, we we're just talking about her. Caitlin Olsen uh, posted a picture on probably Instagram. I don't have it, but I saw the picture. Uh, they her and Mac were going to the premiere for the film. Very excited for their boy, Charlie. And I can't blame them. So Charlie Day. Adrian Brody, Kate Beckinsale, Jason Sudeikis, Ray Liotta. So we were worried that Cocaine Bear was going to be his last movie. Here he is again in Fool's Paradise, hopefully in a uh, much better light than he was in Cocaine Bear. Yeah, this has uh, everybody in it. Jason Bateman, Jimmy Simpson, John Malkovich, J- Glenn Howardson. So another um, uh, always sunny guy. The waitress. I, I just put the waitress, but <laughs> it's Charlie yeah. Day's wife, but the waitress from Always Sunny. <laughs> Uh, Dean Norris, who is Hank from Hank. Breaking Bad, Ken Jeong from the uh, the Hangover movies, Eddie Falco, uh, who is Carmela in The Sopranos, yeah, Kate Beckinsale, and then uh, Lance Barber, who plays Bill Ponderosa in Always Sunny. That's awesome. So, ton of people in this, and I have a, a, a another note here at the end. It, it's going to be one or two things. There's no middle ground for this movie. It'll either be completely fantastic or absolutely horrible. Is this his like, is this Charlie Day's first like directing? I first? think it is. He's done it all for this movie. 
Wow. Um, so he's a funny yeah. guy. So hopefully he's it's great. So hopefully it's good. Uh, uh, I'm excited. Is it going to be in the theater? Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. It shall be in the theaters. Uh, this is yeah. This is his only movie he's ever directed. He's. I'm sure he's probably done a couple episodes of Sunny or whatever. This is. It's cool. He's directing his own movies now. He's, he's a funny guy. Oh, here we go. Director. He has never directed Always Sunny. Really? Yes. This is it. This is Just his only it. thing. I was going to say, surely he's like written for the show then. But yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I did see produced. that he, I, I saw that he skipped like doing the press for this show, like at the premiere a couple of nights ago or something like that, because he's in the WGA or whatever the hell. So he ah, out of solidarity, like you, you can't talk to the press. Yeah. Even though it's his own movie, which is pretty wild, actually. Good for him. Yeah, sticking to the man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm really excited for that film. You know, if I have to pick a movie to see this weekend, it would be this one. I think I agree. And maybe I'm going to try to see this now. Uh, I haven't seen a good comedy in the theaters for a while. Yeah, and it feels like it's going to be a decent mixture of that. You know, comedy is going to be the forefront because that's just who Charlie Day is. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, he's bringing back his buddies, uh, Jason Sudeikis and Jason Bateman, who he was in uh, Horrible Bosses with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sadly, no Jennifer Aniston. So that's a shame. But they got, <laughs> oh, they got Kate Beckinsale. So. That's a debate. Like We could, we could debate this the rest that, of the night. Is that, that an upgrade or a whole episode. Uh, <laughs> Personally, I'm saying a downgrade. Love both of them, but Aniston has a special place for me. Ah, it's so tough. I think I'm going to, I think I agree. I think it's a downgrade a little bit, I guess. I think it might be a Mandela effect or something, but I always thought Kate Beckinsale was, last name was Beckinsdale. Kate oh, Beckinsdale. Yeah. So I don't know. I didn't Different know timeline. The Elder Scrolls. That's random. That is random. Also, Adam Sandler. Uh, though. He did. He did what? <laughs> I said Pete Davidson ran through her. <laughs> he, he's been, he's making his rounds. I don't know how that dude looks like a the Pringles guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Adam Sandler apparently loves both of them because Kate was his wife in Click. Oh yeah, that's right. And Aniston's been in, I mean, multiple things. Yeah, that new murder mystery movie kind of sucked. Yeah, one great. I forgot I, to even review that on, on Letterboxd. Follow us on Letterboxd, folks. But that's right. I forgot I, to even review that. I probably I been had like some a chuckles, two. but that was about it. Yeah. I don't think I gave it my full attention either. I can't remember what I was doing exactly. I just know we were watching it in Baltimore. Not great. Gotcha. Not great. Not great. Uh, next film here, uh, also starring an Always Sunny star, uh, Glenn Howardson is in Blackberry. In, it is the rise and fall of the first smartphone so it's him jay oh god barachow did i butcher that barachow yeah i think that's Baruchel? it okay um who you know i personally know him the most from she's out of your league mm-hmm. that that was the film that i i always think of him and i guess this is the end he's he's buddies with seth rogan yeah yeah which is kind of interesting you know you get two guys in here who are more known for their comedic rules and mm-hmm. this does not appear to be a comedy film at all I think there's going to be some comedy in it. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, though, but it, I think it's kind of be like a. Uh, it's like almost like a comedy drama. Hit. Well, I'm just reading the genres now, but I think there's going to be a little bit of funny to it. Gotcha. Awesome. They're going to up a little bit. Also heard that this really makes Glenn look amazing as an actor. I believe it. He probably has the deepest character on It's Always Sunny. Oh yeah, he's just a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, he just yeah, just acts like a psychopath. Yeah. Have you ever uh, seen all that show that he's in, where he's a teacher? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I didn't get into it that much. I gave it a few episodes, and then I'm like, I can't do it. Same here. He was kind of just doing Dennis, but not really. Yeah. Not all the way unhinged, but kind of. I feel like it's tough to just not see him as Dennis, though. Oh yeah, that that's such a problem for. Well, all of these guys, you know, yeah, you, you put them in anything else and it's really difficult. Uh, Mac, however, he's in that mythic quest. And yeah, you, you see Mac, he kind of has similar mannerisms, mm-hmm. um, but he's good in that as well as, as the main guy. It's kind of wild that they both have movies coming out on the same weekend. I wonder how that ended up playing out, but that kind of sucks for them. <laughs> oh, well, I I think it works well for Glenn because he's in both of them. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, good for him. But yeah. now it's just dueling at the box office. So yeah, I'm sure Black Bray might do better. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. Because honestly, I haven't seen – I've seen more – advertising for blackberry than i have for fool's paradise i haven't me seen too anything from fool's paradise honestly. i haven't either the only thing i saw about it was just that he did the strike or whatever so yeah not a lot of uh money spent on advertising that's for sure but they put every person imaginable in that the budget just went to all of his buddies yeah you know Ray Liotta's estate yeah man that, that that's a big loss yeah i'm gonna have to watch goodfellas soon i'm due for another watch Absolutely. I've been uh, getting a ton of Sopranos and Goodfellas clips. Uh, Godfather as well um, on the YouTube shorts feed. Nice. They, uh, they know how to cater to me. We're right there in the algorithm, baby. Uh, other people in this, Carrie Ulls, who I've said every single time, it's Dr. Gordon from Saw for Me. It'll always be, that's always who he will be. But mm-hmm. he was in a few other movies this, this year as well. Uh, the other guy here, Song Wong Cho, um, Ty, I don't know if you've ever seen his YouTube channel, but ProZD on YouTube. It sounds really familiar. He um, makes a lot of video game and anime funny videos, um, but he's a voice actor. Uh, but where you will know him from is he's Reddit Tasker in uh, God of War. Oh, okay. So he's a little squirrel that just hangs out in the tree. Oh, okay. Nice. But yeah, he's in actually a lot. You know, you go to his IMD page, it is flooded. Anything animated, bunch of video games, they they need someone to do a voice, he's the guy. Okay, wait, yeah, this does sound he does look familiar now. Okay. I see yeah. this guy before. That's cool. Uh last two films here, The Staring Girl. This sounds interesting. I'm not you know, super into it, but if there's nothing else to watch, I might give it a go. Uh 70 year 17-year-old Jem Starling struggles with her place within her Christian fundamentalist community, but everything changes when her uh, how's that called? Magentic mag, magnetic, wow, I'm blind. <laughs> magnetic, I just didn't think you could uh, use that really as in to describe someone, but here we are. Yeah, uh, magnetic youth pastor Owen returns to her church. Um, this seems to be a first time directing for Laurel uh, Parmet. I she hasn't done much else. She's done a few shorts, but out of nowhere, Jimmy Simpson, who's in a lot of good things, Westworld, Always Sunny, House of Cards, Black Mirror, and uh, that that helps a little bit because if he's in it, generally it can be pretty good. Uh, however, first time directing uh, debuts for someone never really goes the way they want it to. Jimmy Simpson, another It's Always Sunny guy. Yeah. <laughs> the McBoyles. Yeah. <laughs> what is what up with this? Fucking random role as well. You know, it's like know. he does serious things like Westworld and yeah. House of Cards, where he's, you know, the hacker guy. And then he's McPoyle and and he lost an eye. <laughs> I was gonna say the eye patch is so funny. <laughs> he, he's so great. A lot of the blooper reels for Always Sunny, some of my favorites are just with him. <laughs> They're just like, too funny. I don't know how to take it seriously. Um, this movie okay. does seem kind of wild, though, because uh, all this, like, all those, like, um, the fundamentalist church, Latter-day Saints, mm-hmm. all that stuff, wild stuff, especially that Netflix documentary, like, uh, I think it was called, like, Keep Sweet or something like that. Mm. It was a good, it was actually a good documentary. You should check it out. Gotcha. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I have seen, I've seen a lot on the, uh, a lot of Scientology stuff. Those are, mm-hmm. those are pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty much just um, hand in hand with that. Mormons, I, I've seen. Honestly, most of my stuff about Mormons has come from South Park and the <laughs> Book of Mormon. So, yeah. <laughs> and what's really fucking funny is it's accurate. <laughs> like that. Bot, that's so funny. They're like, "Well, that's not the real thing." They're just making fun of it. I'm like, "Yeah, they are." But go look it up. It, they are accurate. Yes, they're sure they're exaggerating, but it is still their core belief in some wild shit. Yeah, it is just, it's wild. Uh, and then the final one here, a documentary, still a Michael J. Fox movie. This is interesting. You know, he's probably, not for our generation, but our parents' generation, he was probably the actor. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Back to the Future. He was in a lot, a lot of stuff. And, um, you know, he has, uh, oh my gosh, why can't I think of the disease Parkinson's. he has? Parkinson's, thank you. 
And he was given an interview where he's like, I'm not making it to 80. Like, yeah, it's apparently getting worse. And uh-huh. he gets this documentary out here, which, of course, is about his life. And given the name still, you know, it's it's going to hit pretty hard about his disease. Yeah, it's tough, man. You, go, you can't help but feel bad for the guy. Such an awesome actor. Great. And all the back futures, all that stuff. Yeah, it's tough, man. Tough yeah. to have to deal with that after becoming so famous. Yeah, obviously, what? Back to the Future has to be his biggest thing. Mm-hmm. He did uh, Spin City TV show. Uh, what, what else has he been in? You know, Back to the Future is really what I know. He's He was fucking Stuart Little. I didn't know that. That's random as hell. Today I, I learned. And you, honestly, maybe that's what he should have stuck with is some voice acting. Yeah, maybe. Um... Tales from the Crypt. Teen Wolf. Yeah, Teen Wolf is a big one that I never, you know, I wasn't, we weren't around. So there's no way we would have been super into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just obviously a big star from the 80s uh, telling his story. Yeah, I'm sure this is probably a really good documentary. And I'm not sure what it comes out on. Apple TV Plus, I think. Perfect. Awesome. That makes it yep. easy. Mm-hmm. But Ty, that is it for the relevant things that are coming out. We're not going to talk about, uh, you know, Babezilla and, <laughs> and how she takes on zombies. So, the, <laughs> so story time there, Ty. Uh, when I was on a um, legitimate site to watch movies, uh, that was down at the bottom as a new release. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And so I click and I'm like, passing through it it looks like a youtube kind of uh-huh. like a shitty intro to a porno <laughs> i was gonna say that's exactly what it looked like and when she turns into babezilla she just puts on like one of those shitty rubber lizard masks oh my gosh and like nothing else they were not trying at all for this movie they were just hoping you know the attractiveness of her would draw people to it what was the one last week before we record that we cut off of the upcoming lit? zombie oh shit uh it was yeah, zombie something. It, it was like in the same vein though as this. Yeah, it felt it was like it was like time traveling zombies. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Uh, Why did they was, put these on the list of, of of upcoming movies and Dude, no one cares. Zombie Traveler. Zombie Traveler, that's it. That's such a bad name. Okay, so that came out. Give me some ratings. I gotta tell me people saw it. There it is. Zombie Traveler. How the fuck is it only pre production? Did, it, did they not release it? It just doesn't make sense. Everything about this doesn't make sense every time we look at it. I think it's a joke. Someone lied. Someone just made this IMDb page and was like, yeah, this is what's happening. Yeah, it's coming out soon. Zombie Traveler. Totally. There's two critic reviews. They both have to be zero. There's no way it could be A1. I don't. Oh, okay. It's like three paragraphs. This movie story is sure to keep viewers engaged from start to finish. Okay, this is a fucking lie. <laughs> it's the group of no tra- travelers navigate the tre- treacherous terrain of a zombie-infested world. They must also come to terms with their own personal demons and secrets they hide. This adds an extra layer of depth to the movie, making it more than just a mindless zombie <laughs> That doesn't even make sense. Uh, so good. Film stars a talented ensemble of actors, including John... Boyega, M- wait, what the fuck? What? No, oh, someone Boyega just like, not in that. Someone fucked this up. This is, they plugged this into like chat GPT and had it spit something out. Absolutely. Has, has to. Because they are not in this. How the hell? John Boyega, uh, Emma Stone, and Michael Fossbender. They are not fucking in this thing. There is just no chance. Okay, these aren't real reviews. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. That's something to figure out. I'm going to look for that while you read us the news, Ty. <laughs> well, here we go, baby. There's not that much. Kind of scrape the bottom of the barrel yet again, but that's all right. So here we go. Nicholas Cage, Bill Skarsgård playing father and son arms dealers in Lord of War sequel. So this is yet another sequel from a movie that's nearly 20 years old. Um, so they're reuniting the writer and director, Andrew Nichol, on Lords of War with 
uh, Nick Cage from the first one. So he's going to reprise his role as a morally compromised arms dealer, Yuri Ordlov, with Bill Skarsgård starring as his son, who is a chip off the old block. I never saw the first one, so maybe it's good. I don't know, good enough to warrant a sequel, but you Nick know Cage why? Bill you know why you didn't want to see the first one? Because we were probably like ten. Well, th- that's part of it. Jared Leto. Jared Leto's in it? I am pretty sure. Uh, I did. I watched it decently, pretty recently. Lord of War. Uh oh. Uh yeah. Yep. There he is. Oh. Batali Orlov was his name. Huh. Yeah. Fuck him. And that's before he was even like the douche that we know today. Yeah, he he was getting there. Yeah, he was working his way there slowly. Yeah, he's uh he's gonna be here in Austin for ACL, uh, performing with Thirty Seconds to Mars, and then I have to see him at when we were young fest. I'm gonna throw something at him. Throw a shoe. <laughs> I'm like, fuck <laughs> you. You suck. We hate you. <laughs> Go away. Come on the podcast and defend your actions, Jared Leto. Yeah, loser. <laughs> Tell me about your stupid island. <laughs> oh, God. he's like. I think he might just be a cult leader at this point. Yeah, he's turning into uh, the Waco guy. Yeah. I forget his name, but... So this is, a, this is a fun one. I have no idea how to say this guy's name, but Matthew McConaughey is to star in a crime thriller, Rivals of Amzia King? So it's a crime thriller that takes place in rural Oklahoma. So that right there is just the most Matthew McConaughey shit of all time. Mm-hmm. But um, Black Bear Pictures, which backed I Care a lot in the imitation game, is fully financing the film. So apparently it's about a dude named Amzia King. I think I'm saying that right. Amzia? 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 I have no idea. So maybe that'll be cool. Probably it's kind of got a Guy Ritchie vibe, even though he has nothing to do with it from the name and Matthew McConaughey. So we'll see. <laughs> Another quick thing here. Blade and Stranger Things have been uh, affected by the writer's strike so far. Couldn't remember if I mentioned Blade last week, but it might be start, uh, time to start worrying about that movie, by the way. A lot of people behind the scenes drama surrounding it with changing directors and script rewrites and stuff and now being affected by this. At some point, enough is going to have to be enough. And people are like probably going to be like, what the hell? Why are we even doing this? So hopefully Mahershala, Mahershala Ali is uh, not going to back out of the project because I do really hope it's good. I think yeah. he's going to be a sick blade, especially with our girl Mia Goth supposed to be the villain in the movie. Yeah, bring him in. And yeah, that that is worrisome. I, I'm okay if there's not another Stranger Things, by the way. But yeah. uh, Blade, I'd like to see that come back. I really liked it with uh, Wesley Snipes back in the day. Yeah, and Stranger Things coming off of like one of their better season since the first one probably the best one since the first one so i'm sure this isn't going to help anything but we'll see whenever they get that all sorted out with Uh, and then just here's how much of a joke the mtv movie awards are so they used a pre-tape segment because of all the writers being on strike and all the attendees that were going to be there whatever celebrities do go to that show everybody pulled out so here's just a little bit of what happened scream six won best movie um, it beat Avatar The Way of Water, uh, Wakanda Forever, Smile, Nope, Elvis, and Top Gun Maverick. Scream awesome. 6 is better than all of those movies, apparently. Yep, that makes sense. It might be better than Smile, Smile. and Elvis. Yeah. I kind of probably would, uh, like better than Wakanda Forever, too, honestly. I didn't see that one. I'll say it was better than Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I liked it more than Avatar too. It's definitely not. It's not. It's not better than Top, Top Gun Maverick at all. No, no, it is not. <laughs> so that was funny. And then I also uh, saw that the bear from Cocaine Bear was nominated for best villain, uh, but it lost to Scarlet Witch from Multiverse of Madness, which is just random. If you're gonna nominate I, the bear, just let it win. I think the bear is just getting bad publicity. You know, he wasn't even a villain. Exactly. It's not his fault that yeah. he ate cocaine. Yeah, I didn't give it. I guess to it's himself. a she too. I misgendered yeah, the bear. That's fair. She ate cocaine. The female bears are more aggressive. Exactly. With those cubs. The cocaine cubs. Yeah. Oh, that's the sequel. <laughs> cocaine cubs. There we go. That's better than <laughs> Zombie Traveler. I, I, okay. So I did try to do some digging. All <laughs> I can piece together 
is they picked Emma Stone because of uh, Zombieland. They saw the name Uh-oh. Zombie, and they're like, yeah, she's in that. The other two, John Boyoya, I can't say his fucking name, and Michael Fassbender, no clue. No idea how they got pulled into this. It's going to just be, like you said, chat GPT, something yeah, like they, that. they're just pulling some nonsense out of their ass. So random. It's not even worth reviewing. Like I said, I don't, I don't know if it made it into the recording last week or not. I don't think it did, because I think we cut it out, but it looks like somebody made it on like a Windows 98 computer. Yeah. <laughs> they were just like trying out some of their, uh, their 3D art and the free, yeah. uh, I don't know, paint. It was just bizarre. It's bad. Anyway, that about wraps up news. There wasn't a lot. Cool. cool. Uh, so, Ty, we've been talking about this movie for a bit, and I finally got around to seeing it. And so we'll do one of the convince me to see it or not segments. The past two uh, have not been great. <laughs> so <laughs> let's kick it off with a better one here. I am going to try to convince you to see The Covenant. I don't think I have to convince you that hard. We were already pretty excited about seeing it. Right. Um, Guy Ritchie, we both like him. Uh, I will say this did not feel like a Guy Ritchie movie. And, you know, unless I look it up, which I always do for every movie I see, and Mm -hmm. his name was not in the fucking title, I would have never guessed. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because his movies are super fast paced. There's always something going on. There's always action. Uh, Mm -hmm. This starts off very quick. However, uh, it does lose lose steam a bit in the middle and then has it has a decent enough ending. Uh, overall, I, I, I did enjoy it. It kept my attention the entire mm-hmm. way through. Uh, there were some parts, like I said, in the middle that are more dramatic than action-packed, but it does add to the story and kind of getting into the mind of, of Jake Gyllenhaal's character and why he's feeling the way he's feeling. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, from the trailer, the whole bit is uh, his interpreter over in uh, the Middle East saved his life and now he has to try and save him. Now, with that said, the trailer, the vibes I got from the trailer were pretty different than what I got from watching the actual movie. Not not in a bad way at all. But normally in these films, when they're trying to get you excited about something, that something happens in like the first 10 minutes, you know. Maybe it opens with a scene where he gets saved and then the rest of the movie he's trying to um, go save the interpreter. It is not that at all. It is pretty much a 50-50 split between uh, him being saved and then him trying to do the saving. Uh, It's only a two-hour movie. Some parts, like I said, drag, but it kicks off very quickly. And that first hour, I was glued to my screen. Uh, You feel the anxiety and tension uh, throughout that pretty much that first hour. And it, it's very good. Uh, I ended up giving it a seven out of 10, three and a half out of five, depending on where you're looking. And as a film, incredibly enjoyable. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of the low reviews, I, I told you, it's just from people who want to talk politics for whatever reason. Yeah. And, you know, the whole. I, this isn't a massive spoiler, uh, but. There's, you know, they put text on the screen at the end of the movie that said uh, the United States left Afghanistan after being there for however many fucking years. Within a month, the Taliban completely took back over. We left thousands of interpreters over there without bringing them over to the U.S. like we promised. Um, It was, you know, that whole kind of thing. And of course, everyone's like, you think we should have stayed in Afghanistan? And I'm like, but I don't care one way or another. I'm going right. to be honest. I just want to be entertained. Exactly. Um, it's a movie. Yeah. So if you go and look at reviews, I was trying to find like a legitimate low review to kind of like, you know, check my review. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that was pretty good. What did I miss that, you know, I would lower the rating? A lot of people that had a legitimate reason was for that middle bit where it does slow down. I'm like, that's fair enough. Uh, that that mm-hmm. kind of dragged for a bit. But uh, it doesn't constitute a massive drop. Like this is not a one out of a 10 movie, you know? Yeah. Uh, no that, that's stupid. And every one you see, it's like, Ugh, this is just American propaganda. Like what? Oh my what? gosh. What, what are we trying to <laughs> like? None of this movie is like, 
trying to get people to be like, yeah, fuck yeah, America, we're great. Not that is none of this movie. So again, that's I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time on that. But if you're reading reviews and you see a bunch of one stars, that that's why. Uh, yeah. Don't be deterred by that. As far as a film goes, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, like you said, you don't really have to convince me too much. I'm definitely going to watch this one. Love Jake Joan Hall. Love Guy Ritchie. And like I like we said before, it doesn't really seem like it has that Guy Ritchie vibe at all. It seems completely different no. from what we're used to from him. So that's one thing that I was intrigued by for sure. I do have one question though. How does it does it kind of give off like Lone Survivor kind of vibe almost? Kind of. It can, you know, uh-huh. except. You know, there's two of them. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's not just uh, Mark Wahlberg out in the woods or Jake Gyllenhaal in, in this mm-hmm. example. It is, uh, I would say maybe the first 30 or 45 minutes has a very modern warfare type vibe to it. You okay. know, you think about those those games we would play on, on Xbox 360. You're playing through the campaign. A lot of that, you know, it's you and, and uh, Price or... Uh, man, I don't remember other people's names from that video game, but it's it's like two guys, they're taking on an army, um, but that's not the whole time. You know, it's, it's not just like, oh, these guys are fucking invincible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not so much like that because obviously Jake Gyllenhaal's character gets fucked up and needs saved. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going to watch it. So I think convince me you did. Awesome. Like I said, I think I have to try very hard. <laughs> Made it easy for me. Nice. But let's get to the meat of this episode, Ty. The thing everyone wants to talk about. The movie that, quite honestly, has jumped every other movie we have rated so far this year. It has taken the spot of number one on our movies of 2023. Usurping... John Wick volume, what, four? Four? Four, yeah, four. Oh, it wasn't even volume four. It's just John Wick four. I'm looking at Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy volume three. <laughs> Everything should just be volumes Everything's now. a volume. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it definitely took that place for me. Uh, I think both films are technically great. Mm-hmm. But it, Guardians vibe is just its own thing. It, it, it's great. Yeah, it definitely edges out John Wick just a smidge in my book. Uh, so Ty, we'll, we'll kick it off here. We'll start spoilerless and then get mm-hmm. into the spoilers. We will inform everyone listening when we will jump into the spoilers. That way, you know, it's time to head out if you haven't seen the movie. But also, if you haven't seen the movie yet, you're a loser. Yeah, exactly. Go uh, see that shit. Yeah, I don't know what the hell you're waiting for. Like, this is a week after if it came out. If you haven't seen it yet, go see it, then listen to the rest of the episode. Yeah, exactly. Just stop here. Stop here. Watch the fucking movie. Come back. <laughs> See if you agree with us. You know, if you don't, you, I mean, you're wrong, but. <laughs> <laughs> you're entitled to your opinion. It's just wrong. <laughs> it's just wrong. Yeah, you're allowed to be wrong. This is America. <laughs> uh, but Ty, this is already sitting on IMDb's top 250 list at 135. Wow. That's crazy. So, I mean, let's just get into it. It, it was great. It was fun. It was funny. Um, I was a bit worried, honestly. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that we talked last episode with Gabor coming back. I'm like, okay, how are they going to handle this? Is it just only going to be about that? No, they handled it extremely well, I thought. Um, all characters were great. Uh, I didn't expect it to be so much about Rocket, um, but that was that was cool. Cool to see. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought that... The, the movie, the mostly about Rocket, would be the one that would we would yeah. love so much. You would think like, oh, maybe more about Quill, whatever. No, this one was, it had everything. Like I said on our hit TikTok channel, it had everything <laughs> we've come to expect from a Guardians movie. It's hilarious. It's got great action, and it's emotional as hell. You can just really tell how much yes. these actors love playing their roles and how much they wanted to p- do well for James Gunn for his last uh, Marvel movie here especially after being like fired, quote unquote fired and then rehired before the movie, which was all just a bunch of bullshit. Um, even like even Mantis and Nebula both get their time to shine in this movie and feel yeah. like way more fleshed out than they have in, in the other movies. Um, and the new characters were awesome too. Like uh, Cosmo, the space dog and Adam yeah. Warlock. <laughs> awesome. Awesome additions. Um, it's I, really for, sad. We won't be getting another James Gunn DC or James Gunn led guardians movie though. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, 
going back to Adam Warlock, you know, I think I, I talked about it before. I, I'm not the biggest Will Poulter guy. Uh, mm-hmm. He did a good job. I, I was. I was. I don't want to say impressed, but I wasn't disappointed by his performance because he's normally in less serious roles. And that's what mm-hmm. I think he's very good at. Mm-hmm. And Adam Warlock was serious for some of it. But when he started to kind of tone down, mm-hmm. that's when I'm like, OK, he's good. He's doing his job very, very well. He's just kind of a, a mama's boy. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah. I'm really glad how they p- portrayed him in this movie, because in the comics, he goes toe to toe with Thanos. Like he wields yeah. the Infinity Gauntlet. He's like he's like a massive, like OP motherfucker. And this yeah. one, they, they say that they they took him out of his cocoon too early. So he's kind of a dumbass. Yeah. It's hilarious. He's like not necessarily a dumbass. He's he just like isn't fully matured yet. And you can tell by the way the things he does, like they're trying to interrogate the guy. He just incinerates him to, to ash. And they're yeah. like, Why'd you do that? And he's like, You told me to hurt him or whatever that whatever he said. <laughs> yeah. It was so funny. He so um, many funny parts in this movie. He was first introduced during a credit scene, right? Yeah, there was this post credit scene in I think two Guardians okay. Volume Two. Okay. And that feels so long ago. You know, I it really does. I'm like, I, it took me a second to realize who he was, but then I'm like, oh, he was that gold yeah. race that we talked about forever ago. Literally, yeah. Crazy. Um, okay, last one was 2017. That's kind of nuts. Holy shit. I did not realize it was that long ago. It doesn't feel like that long ago, but at the same time, it feels long ago. Uh, yeah, that was, that was very good. And uh, the other point you hit on, the the new characters, uh, I'm gonna fuck. I did I, I'm volunteering to butcher this name apparently. Chuck Woody Uwuji. Yeah. Uh, who the plays high the high Inquisitor. Evolutionary. Or, evolutionary, that's it. I don't know what the hell yeah, I got. Inquisitor sounds that's some hate. I think that's shit. I think that's a Star Wars thing too, or something like that. That yes. I think that was uh the lady who played Lady Brienne. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know Star Wars, <laughs> but, but I think that's what it is. But he did a great job. Honestly, I felt uh, I don't say more afraid of him than Kang, but I felt like the threat of this guy was way more than Kang's character in Ant-Man. Absolutely. They completely like I don't know what what they really did in Ant-Man with Kang. They kind of made the scale too big for an Ant-Man move for Kang. They're like, yeah. once he gets out of the quantum realm, he's going to beat everybody's ass big time. You're all dead. It, this one apparently was just he like, did in the real world. Exactly. He did. He <laughs> beat the shit out of somebody, allegedly. <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, this guy, yeah, Chuk- Chukwudi Wuji was unbelievable um, in this. I think probably one of the better villains in Marvel probably at all. Yeah, and actually, like we just said about Kang, he was like on a short list to replace Jonathan Majors if and when he gets yeah. the boot. So he might end up being Kang still. Who knows? But yeah, he was great in this. You can just tell he's like truly like evil. Yeah. And I think uh, he has some Thanos vibes, right? Because Thanos' yeah. whole thing was, I want to make the universe a better place by getting rid of 50% of the people. Mm-hmm. He wants to make the universe a better place by perfecting a species. Yeah. And then kind of building it uh, from the scratch. They need to be highly intelligent um and, and just the perfect species and he is not satisfied until he gets it yeah and he's another one of james gunn's guys so we've seen him before in peacemaker he's great in that too huh? this dude just knows how to act and uh he really did really well in that role i was super surprised and whenever they showed him in uh with the mask off and you're just like holy shit you see how he, his face gets all messed up rocket shredded him the um yeah, yeah, that was that was fucking brutal. And that that okay, we can get into like the whole like oh, it should have been rated R. If they would have went that route, that's the part that should have been rated R. The people who are that's another thing. People are giving one star reviews to this movie because of animal cruelty. Yeah, it's and like uh, be that not soft. A, not a single one of the animals in the movie are real. Yeah, so. exactly. It's like it's a fucking. <laughs> it's not a real thing. Yeah, so. I, I don't know. I don't know why people are so upset about that. It really wasn't that bad. No, like I, I've been more upset from like 
the land before time and, and other mm-hmm. like actual children's movies. So I, I, I didn't feel that for this. The other super random thing we're talking about the newer uh, uh, actors in, in this film, but the voice actor for Cosmo, you know who that is? Yeah. Yeah. It's Maria Bakalova. Bakalova. <laughs> Fucking Borat. Too. She's in, she's been in so much stuff lately. She's kind of killing Hilarious. it ever since Borat. Yeah. She was great in that. And who would have thought Cosmo the Space Dog was going to be like a great new side character? I thought it was going to be like a little one-off, whatever. Pretty big role in the movie. My first introduction to Cosmo was from Marvel Snap, the game. Uh And I'm like, oh, sick, a dog. I like dogs. And that was (laughs) just kind of it. And then uh, the next part was in the Guardians Christmas movie. Yeah, Um, yeah. She was in that for not not too long, but she was Mm -hmm. in it. And uh, but yeah, just she's there right from the beginning and she's just funny. You know, she gets called a bad dog. That's like <laughs> one of the best bits of the whole movie. She's really like, I was sent to Russia. I was sent to Russia <laughs> and sent to space by the Russians and they didn't even call me a bad dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was that was good. Um, I'm trying to think anything else here before we jump completely into spoilers. That's got another one of these great Guardians James Gunn soundtracks. That yeah, that's a very good point. If we're kicking it, should we just go straight into spoilers now? Then I'm gonna give some uh, some fun little trivia here without spoilers. Okay, and then we can do that. Okay, um, I'll hold my thoughts on that till spoilers then. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, oh, what we were just talking about, Cosmo. Cosmo is uh, given a fem- female gender in the film because the actual Russian dog that was sent to space was also female. Oh, okay. That's a cool little tidbit. What do we got? The first Marvel movie to say uncensored fuck. That was great. And I watched James Gunn explaining that, and he was like talking to, talking to, who was it? Feige. He was talking to Kevin Feige, and Kevin Feige's like, yeah, I mean, if you want this to be like in there, like if you want to be known for this, and James Gunn was like, are you trying to convince me not to have it in there? Because you're making me want to have it in there even more. And then he left it in. <laughs> and it was just so funny. Fantastic. Before Will Poulter got the role as Adam Warlock, they were considering George McKay, uh, who was in 1917. Oh, okay. Captain Fantastic. Um, and, oh boy. Reggae John Page. I'm pretty sure that's a French name. Uh, who is in Bridgerton. Oh. oh, and Dungeons and Dragons. He was just in that as well. I wouldn't be um, surprised if that George McKay ends up in the MCU eventually. The um, I I think they made the right choice there. Will Poulter just yeah. on looks, yeah, that he looks like what comic book Adam Warlock looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so I know a lot of people when they saw the trailer, they thought the spacesuits they were in were kind of a tribute to Among Us because it yeah. was pretty popular around the time. They uh-huh. are actually uh, a tribute to Pac-Man, the ghosts. Blinky, oh. who is red, Inky, who is teal, Clyde, who is orange, and then uh, they turn blue, that dark blue, when he eats the big uh, the big pellet. Oh, yeah. yeah That's cool. All, the only difference is the one suit is yellow, which would be uh, Pac-Man. Yeah, th- that's pretty much it. A lot of the fun... Trivia is more, uh, more, more, contains more spoilers. Mm-hmm. So let's just, let's jump into that. Uh, if you don't want spoilers, get on out. Uh, but Ty, yeah, what did you want to say? We were talking about the soundtrack. The movie kick right away whenever the movie kicks off with Rocket singing Creep by Radiohead, mm-hmm. that sets the tone to the whole movie. Like, cause he is a creep in his own mind. Like, he doesn't want to be a raccoon, but like, people know that he's a raccoon, so he thinks he's yeah. just a weirdo. Awesome way to start off the movie. And then the best scene in the entire movie, in my opinion, the, the hallway one take long shot, whenever they're fighting in the Beastie Boys comes on. Dude, yeah, unbelievable no sleep. <laughs> that was so good. And there's all kicking ass. You get the whole like Guardians. Every everybody's there reunited. They're just whooping ass. And that's actually where I, I started uh, almost comparing it to John Wick Four with the fight mm-hmm. scenes. I'm like, this is amazingly uh, coordinated as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just fun as hell fight scene. The, um, oh man, I, I don't remember who it is, but like someone comes in from out of nowhere and just absolutely fucks up a dude. 
<laughs> and I remember <laughs> losing my shit when that happened because it was like I think it was just Rocket there at first, uh-huh. and there was about to be a fight, and I it had to be Drax. I can't imagine who else it would be. Comes in from the fucking top rope and just destroys a dude. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, absolutely uh, awesome soundtrack. Let's just let's actually list off. I listened to so many of the songs there. on the way home. So it was definitely Creep, Radiohead, and then there was No Sleep Till Brooklyn. What else? Um, in the meantime, by Space Hogs. Crazy on You by Heart. Uh, Crazy since you, great. Since you've been gone, performed by Rainbow. <laughs> uh, Reasons by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Do you realize the flaming with? The Flaming Lips, sorry. We Care A Lot by Faith No More. I'm Always Chasing Rainbows by Alice Cooper. Uh, man, there's, there's so many. Um, there's so many. Dog Days Are Over, Florence and the Machine. That was so good. That, that Ending the movie with that song was awesome. And then Badlands, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, Come and Get Your Love, of course. That's how the first movie starts out. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, kick-ass soundtrack. I'm pretty sure that's out there. You know, someone's put it together on Spotify as a playlist. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's an actual album somewhere as well. Yeah, it'll be coming out too. That'll be that'll be cool. That'd be a fun like vinyl to have. There it is, Guardians of the Galaxy. Disney has a playlist on Apple Music. If if you listen there, nice. Uh, but overall, you know, t- Ty, let's say any what's what's there any bad things you can say, and I I don't want to focus too much on the word bad mm-hmm. but is there was there any kind of like down uh for this movie so uh, first off maybe maybe we say this i think we both gave it a nine yeah um, yeah so what what prevented you from giving a 10 i don't know i think i don't know it's tough to really justify a 10 these days but i think maybe at the end wrapping everything up so quickly maybe there might have been too much to wrap up all at once there in the end it's just like okay here goes this guardian okay there goes that one here goes this one quills back in earth you know here's everything wrapping up all at once i think maybe they didn't have to do it all that way mm-hmm. give it some more time in like another show or movie to see what happened with everybody else but it kind of it, wor- it wasn't bad it worked it definitely worked in my opinion but it might have felt like maybe too much going on there at the end that that's fair for me um it it was a little long. I think some of it could have been condensed. Like there were mm-hmm. some scenes, you know, you can cut down a bit. Um, that was my only thing, you know, because I after it, I really had to think, you know, on the drive home. I'm like, OK, if I give this a 10, mm-hmm. I'm putting it up there with the Goodfellas. Exactly. Like it's not <laughs> like, on the same level as that Goodfellas is not exactly and Parasite and, and all that. But it was still great movie you know there's very very few things i can say that kind of downplay it but um yeah yeah in general it's just uh i think i reserve tens for films that are not only fun and good and enjoyable but also smartly written yeah i need to be blown away yeah i like this movie a lot i wasn't blown away by it though because i kind of knew what we're gonna get it's a Guardians movie, so we knew what to get, but we're glad it was as good as it was. Absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, I was worried. Uh, let's talk about the Gamora bit. You know, yeah. I was extremely worried they were going to focus way too much on Quill trying yeah. to get her back, and they did uh-huh. not at all. And it was perfect. I thought so, too. I thought there was for sure they were going to end back up together, something like that. It was fucking sad, dude. Whenever like she was like, I bet we were fun. He's like, oh, the most fun. That was fucking sad. Yeah. Like, unbelievable. I'm glad they didn't end up back together and they kind of just went their separate ways. At exactly. The end. That was awesome. It, it also, you know, the, the end credit scenes uh, confirmed that Star-Lord will be back. Yeah. Um, that was kind of crazy. That's another thing we can get into. I think we all probably expected, just with James Gunn's track record, we kind of thought somebody was going to get killed off in this. And nobody did. Yeah. I mean, besides besides the animal friends, which was also sad as fuck. Sure. Yeah. Layla Tyson floor. That was sad as shit. Teared up. I didn't cry though. I didn't fucking cry. Yeah, yeah. They didn't show it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, I think all of us they tease it so many times throughout the movie, like getting shot at Orgo Corp, which was so funny. Like it just seemed like a big Rick and Morty bit. That whole Orgo Corp scene. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a like I had living to, laboratory place. I had to look up uh, who voiced the otter. Um, yeah, it's uh, um Linda Cardinelli. Yeah, who is that, she's also she's also Hawkeye's wife in the other um, in Endgame or whatever. Oh, yeah. She's Hawkeye's wife, so she's been in the MCU twice now. Interesting. But um. Judy Greer was Warpig. I didn't know that part. <laughs> I know such a random voice for that. Yeah, <laughs> the voice definitely didn't match the character at all. But that's what and made it funny. She's also already been in the Marvel movie. She's Maggie Lang. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Did not piece that one together. Tara Strong. You know Tara Strong. Um. Timmy Turner. Whoa. Uh. Yeah. She's one two. Hot as hell. <laughs> um, but two, she is a very, very good voice actress. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everything. You know, you go back to to our uh you know, everything from our childhood. And I don't even think I'm gonna be able to scroll the whole way down there. She's in so much shit. But she was uh Timmy Turner. Mm-hmm. She was Bubbles in the Powderpuff Girls. Oh wow. Not only Harley that Quinn, maybe sounds so familiar. Harley Quinn in the Arkham games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's go back to our childhood. Uh, she's in Shark Tale. I don't know who she is in there. Impossible. Uh, Rugrats. Wow. Oh, I, I can't read all this. She's in hundreds of things. <laughs> I'm just cracking um, up now because I was looking at my notes while I was talking about that Orgo Corp. And another f- freaking hilarious. Well, actually, I'll, I'll, let's go into how some funny scenes because first F-bomb was absolutely hilarious, unexpected. <laughs> On the opposite Earth, but whenever they first show up to that opposite Earth, and Drax drills the kid in the face with oh the dodgeball, that was just hilarious. And then they all start throwing stuff it. at them. Another thing, the carrot guy—they're in the Orgo Corp, and they have—they have a hostage. And like, say one more word, I'm gonna shoot the guy. Who looks like a carrot, and he just—they <laughs> show him on the camera. He's like, "Me? What? The what? <laughs> that was so funny, dude." Oh my gosh. Uh, if we go back to that, you know, Drax was like, we'll kill one person. They're like, no, we'll kill no one. We'll kill one guy, one stupid guy that nobody loves. <laughs> yeah. And they did. Or, well, yeah. they, they didn't kill him, but, you know, they, they went after one guy. And um, I always crack up at Drax. I love. He is the best. Me too. Oh, goddamn funny. Another funny ass bit was whenever they're clearing off the ship, the high evolutionary ship back to like the nowhere ship skull place and all the animals are coming back and then the monkey just jumps on that little kid's face oh Did you yeah. catch that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like what just the hell him down just starts annihilating that little me. kid it's yeah. like what the hell <laughs> uh man that, i i want to watch that again you know it, was, it is it, the, it the best there's so much stuff to film. pick up on too it was so, so good so many little things um i didn't you know, we're, we talked about the escape scene with the animals. Uh, I haven't seen Peacemaker. You have. You have to. You have to watch it. Eagly? Yes, his eagle. <laughs> Eagly is in that scene. Really? You can, you can see and hear him. That is fucking awesome. Eagly is the Peacemaker's pet eagle. <laughs> okay, I didn't know he had a pet eagle. <laughs> Dude, that is so funny. You have to watch Please I, I watch do. the first episode of that show that. today. <laughs> I gotta do that. Dude, it is the best. I want to rewatch uh, it now. The best theme song you'll ever watch in a show. <laughs> is it an original theme song? Yes. Okay. Actually, uh, no, no, no. Uh, it's just, I think it's like a song, like a song. Okay. But they, the way they do it is absolutely hilarious. And you have to watch that as soon as we're done recording this. At least watch the theme song. Okay. I will. If you I have will, James Gunn fever, that. that's the show to watch, especially because everybody that's in. Guardians is in that. Oh, really? Yeah, Chikudi Awuji's in that, and James Gunn's wife is in that. And he's just bringing else? over his dudes. Exactly. Yeah, he's just doing his yeah. shit. So hopefully he doesn't snipe a bunch of people and take them to DC like Chikudi Awuji yeah. because he's great in this. And if they make him Kang, they better throw him that bag so James Gunn doesn't snipe him for DC. For real. Um, what else we got here? That's kind of fun. Uh, uh, Rocket's subject name. 89P13 mm-hmm. was his mugshot in the first Guardians movie. Yeah, and then also in the first Guardians movie, you see his known allies and, or whatever, associates. Gamora's one of them, and then Lila's one of them. Mm. It says Gamora and then Lila. Interesting. And that's and before we even knew who that was. 
that's also the reason why Rocket is so obsessed with uh, prosthetics, like why he wanted uh, Bucky Barnes's arm and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, because he was in the lab where they did all that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? We got some fun things here. Oh, the yes. Yeah, so the Groot uh, finally says something that is not just I am Groot. He says, I love you guys. Mm hmm. And did you see what Gunn confirmed about that? I did. That's it's so much cooler this way. Genius. Awesome. Yes. So Fucking he says awesome. that much like how Gamora has learned to understand Groot, the audience has now seen and been around Groot enough that he's still technically saying I am Groot, but we understand it now. That is unbelievable touch. Yeah. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. Good uh, shit right there. With that said, Ty. I am worried now that Marvel has completely peaked. I thought the peak might have been uh, around Endgame. And, well, personally for me, I liked uh, Infinity War better. So, mm -hmm. and then it took a big dive. Spider-Man made it a bit better. Mm -hmm. And now we're with this. Uh, we still have in Spider-Verse coming up, which I have extremely high hopes for. Right. But that's not even like MCU that, though. As far as that yeah, doesn't really even count. Yeah. So in terms of MCU, let's just go from that then. I I don't know if I can get excited again for any of this remaining stuff. I'm really excited for all the secret invasion stuff. That's all super interesting shit in the comics and the movies and stuff. I hope are gonna be good because that's just a really cool era of Marvel. But if they don't pull it off well, it's just gonna be such a waste. And yeah. Everything after this is kinda I mean, we get the Marvels next, which looks like it could be funny and like cool. Like, I'm not really that invested in those characters. I like Brie Larson a lot, and I like Captain Marvel, but uh -huh. the, the other characters just don't do for me. So hopefully, that can at least be a seven. Hopefully, a seven is is watchable and enjoyable. But I'm hoping that since they're supposedly looking out and trying to do like a re-strategize of what all, all they're putting out and scaling back what they're putting out they can keep up this momentum they have with this movie for the rest of the yeah. MCU because they really need to. I saw the best, I saw the best comment about uh, how to sum up the state of Marvel. And it said, I'm not sick of superhero movies. I'm sick of bad superhero movies. And that's just yes. so true. Marvel yeah, hasn't I, been to their standard lately, but this really put them back at where they should be. So hopefully they can just keep going. Yeah. I don't, I don't, like you said, there's not a lot to be excited about right now. I, I don't like that excuse. It's like, oh, people are just uh, superhero fatigue, all that shit. I'm like, yeah. no, just give me a good movie. Exactly. Um, like, give me exactly. A thousand if you superhero watch, movies. Like, season Loki, if you watch Peacemaker, those are, those are great. So it's not superhero fatigue, it's just bad superhero fatigue. Yeah. Or terrible writing, like Quantumania. Yeah. Way, they should have known way too high stakes for an Ant Man movie. The whole, whole charm of Ant Man's character is like, it, he's an ant. Like it's low stakes. Like they could get all of those people and get that movie out first, and that is uh -huh. why they introduced the new main villain in that. Mm -hmm. But man, yeah. it would have made so much more sense in Guardians. That's you know, why this movie was credit scene. That's why this was so good because there wasn't really that high stakes. I mean, guard. I mean, Rocket, Rocket's life. But in the grand scheme of Marvel, I mean, he's not that big of a character. But yeah. But Ant-Man Quantumania taking that leap of making the whole thing like the Kang's going to get out of the quantum realm and end the fucking world. Yeah. Nah, didn't do it for me. So that's why this was just, it was scaled down. It was all took place within a couple of days, even. This movie also kind of feels like it kind of isolated. Mm -hmm. I don't like this. There was nothing that would connect it with any of the uh, anything else in the MCU. Right. I, I didn't notice anything, at least. Um, yeah, I mean, besides, like, all the characters from the other past Guardian movies, there really wasn't anything, right? Like, anything from any of the mo more recent Marvel movies, at least, especially, like, Ant-Man or whatever. I did see that apparently this takes place in 2026 in the okay. new Marvel timeline or whatever. So I'm not sure when exactly it takes place. If it takes place after the events of everything we've seen so far, before, whatever, we'll see how the hell they end up handling that. But, yeah, yeah there was no... Doctor Strange, anything like that. So we'll see, I guess. And like not, not even post credit. Or yeah, that's why that's probably another reason why this felt so good, because it wasn't trying to do too much. 
They're just trying to be exactly. a Guardians movie. I, th- I think that's a key thing that um, was a problem. They handled it very well, but after, what, Phase 4 or whatever, Phase mm-hmm. 3, what was Infinity War? Is that 4? 4? I, I think, I think that was 4. four. Feels like four. Um, I think we're. I know that we're in five now. Apparently, I think that. Oh my god! Black Widow ended four or started five. Whatever. It, yeah, whatever it either be. way, whatever the hell it is, they did it very well. They had a, an idea, and all those movies pushed towards that idea that oh fuck, Thanos is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, which was I great. Think... That that worked well. It it's not working as well anymore, and that yeah. might be why exactly what you said, Guardians. It's a. It's in its own bubble. And it works I think well. what they need to do is have more stuff like this that just focuses on itself, doesn't focus about trying to connect yeah. to every other movie and have three different other Avengers in it. Like, yeah, just sprinkle in, sprinkle in a post-credit scene at the end that has Doctor Strange in it or Spider-Man, whatever the fuck. Yes. Not everything has to be connected. Not everything has to be that Avengers Endgame level shit. Just yeah. keep it simple and then sprinkle in the next phase of whatever you're doing for the next movie like they did leading up to Endgame and Infinity War that made it so good. Not everything has to have everybody in it. All right, Ty, that will do it and we will be back. Well, Ty will probably record in a few days, but it'll be back next week. Back on track, baby.